Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is ESPN Radio. Patrick Mahomes says we ain't done yet. We also aren't done yet. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons back in the saddle once again. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Miss Amber. I wasn't supposed to be here with you today. Jay Wilk had to call in sick, so the alarm went off and I almost hit the ceiling. But good to be back with you again here on ESPN Radio on ESPN2. Good morning to you as well. Well, we appreciate you for getting the start this morning <laughs> unexpectedly. You can watch us on ESPN2 and ESPNU. You, of course, are listening to us on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you, of course, by Progressive Insurance. So let's start because we are 30 days away from opening night in the NFL. Let's start with some quarterbacks in the NFL. And they did that thing where they pull all the players in the NFL and they get their top 20 players in the NFL. It could be from any position. And then they use a system to figure out how to rank the players based on the responses of these players. And you end up getting the NFL's top 100 from that. So these are from votes of actual guys who play in the league, Ian. And let's just talk about the quarterback position. Patrick Mahomes, he got voted by his colleagues as the number one quarterback in the league. Nothing surprising there. I think where it gets interesting is after Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts comes in as the second best quarterback in the league, according to other NFL players, and as the third best player in the entire NFL. I was surprised that Jalen was ahead of Joe Burrow, ahead of Josh Allen, and frankly, so high up in terms of overall NFL players. Obviously, a lot of respect for Jalen Hurts across the league. Well, that just goes to show you also, Amber, what these players are expecting to see from Jalen Hurts going forward, because a lot of people right now will react to that list when they see it this morning going, wait a minute, Hurts has really only done exceptional work for one complete season, leading the Eagles to the Super Bowl and representing the NFC. But you listen to anybody who's been at Eagles camp, he's dialing it up. I mean, when a ball is not complete and it actually hits the ground, it's more in shock than any wild play that he's making. But this goes to show you how much respect he is already commanding from his peers around the National Football League that he is ranked as the second overall quarterback ahead of Joe Burrow, ahead of Josh Allen, ahead of Justin Herbert, who's done things in the NFL in the history of the league that no other quarterback has ever done when it comes to yards, touchdowns, 300-yard passing games. Hurts is above all of those guys. And, I, again, I go back to when it comes to your peers, if you're – if you view yourself as disrespected, and we'll touch on Lamar Jackson in a moment, you're going to file that away. That's going to drive you even more you know, to get that extra lift in, to spend a little more time in film. And when you have this remarkable you know, respect from your peers in the NFL, where you're voted number two overall as a quarterback, number three overall as a player, that shows you also what they're expecting to see from you going forward. 
it gives me a little pause because I'm one who wants to see some more from Jalen Hurts. For me, I wouldn't say the jury's still out, right? I think he's a very good quarterback. <laughs> Obviously, he earned his extension. He's proven himself there as the answer for that franchise moving forward. But the jury's still out in terms of me naming him as the second best quarterback in the entire league or me putting him as a top three player across any position in the NFL simply because the sample size was small. We're talking about a player in Jalen Hurts. Let's compare that to a Justin Herbert who came out of the same draft, right, Ian? And you just said it. Justin Herbert in his first three seasons in the NFL has quite literally in multiple categories broken records or matched records that puts him in very few company with Hall of Fame caliber player, generational caliber players, and yet he's not in that company in terms of the win-loss column. Now, Jalen Hurts is. He made it to a Super Bowl. However, when you pull the stats, it certainly doesn't look anywhere near the Joe Burrow stats or the Justin Herbert stats overall in terms of a full body of work. So I'm surprised that the guys who are playing around him and playing against him week in and week out have him at quite as high as they do. However, it gives me a little pause because if those guys do, I'm like, all right, like, why am I taking so much or taking my time here coming around on Jalen Hurts as a top three player in the league? If those guys that are playing in or around him every week have no problem doing it. How much of this also goes into team success? I mean, think about this quarterback of the Chargers, Justin Herbert, who is now the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, making over 50, $52 million a year. For now. In the, in the, right? Until, until Joe, until Burrow until Joe signs the dotted line. At least one dollar more, you are correct right. right now. But in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, highest paid quarterback in the league. He has thrown for more completions, more touchdowns, more 300-yard uh, passing games than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL in his first three seasons. Let that sink in. Nobody has done what Herbert has been able to do chucking that rock in the first three years as a starting quarterback here in the league. I wonder these- how much I wonder how much of this Amber is also team success because right now Jalen Hurts is not overcoming his head coach saying, you know what? In a playoff type game with the playoffs on the line, on fourth and one, from my minus eighteen, my own eighteen yard line, I'm gonna go for it and take the ball out of Herbert's hands and run it. Jalen Hurts isn't having to deal with that in Philadelphia. Justin Herbert did. And I know we'll touch on the Chargers later on in two a days, but I wonder how much of this also is what you've done with your team and helping your team have success compared to individual uh, statistics. Because Herbert has done stuff we've never seen before. Yeah, we uh, will give you some two-a-days uh, in just about 15 minutes from now. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons here with you on ESPN Radio. These guys have Justin Herbert as the 32nd-ranked player overall in the NFL. 32nd. They have Jalen Hurts, whose stats don't compare in nearly any category over the last few years, as the third-best player in the NFL. And that sort of narrative drives me a little crazy about Justin Herbert because I'm with you. I mean, we are talking about historical, a historical feat, something that nobody has ever done before in NFL history. He's easy to overlook. It's the chargers. They're underperforming. He hasn't had the postseason success that that team frankly should have. I think a lot of that is a deficiency in the coaching staff, but when you're the quarterback of the league, or of the team, you're going to end up getting blamed in part for it as well and overlooked. So I do think team success has everything to do with where these guys are ranked. Yeah, and Jalen can do things that Herbert can't. Right. With I his mean, legs, you know, certainly. Yeah. I mean, 
Have you ever seen but Jalen Justin, Hurts in, fairness, in a weight room? That dude, his, his legs are the size of my waist. And my waist, if you know me, it's big. Right? And, this, and this dude's got tree trunks. I mean, so he can do things that Herbert can't from an athletic perspective. But I think a lot of this also goes into Hertz has survived in advance, gotten to a Super Bowl, and Herbert has not, even though it's not always on the quarterback. So that's the part about Hertz. And then you look at the bottom of that list, Amber, and I, I cannot wait to get your thoughts on this. Lamar Jackson ranked 10th overall when it comes to quarterback rankings from his peers around the National Football League. Remember what I just said about some guys will file that away and it'll drive them even more to watch that extra film, to get that extra lift in, to spend a little more time maybe with your wide receivers or your O-line? That's Lamar Jackson right now. And I wonder if him being at 10 behind a Jared Goff, behind a Dak Prescott, is availability. A lot of people always say your best ability is availability. Availability in the last two seasons, he has not been there in that dash for cash, as Bill Polian once called it, the month of December and late November when you're in the playoff hunt and you're trying to get to playoff bonus checks. And Lamar Jackson has not been able to be there for his team, not just last season, but the year before as well. Well, in the year before, a disappointing season. Last season, also a disappointing season. Finished the season banged up. Maybe milked it a little bit because of that contract extension issue. I'm not shocked to see Lamar Jackson as a 10th best quarterback if you just give that to me in a vacuum. However, because of the availability issue over the last couple of years, like you said, the lack of success overall in the postseason for the Ravens. But it's weird to see a name like Jared Goff already catapult a name like Lamar Jackson. And Jared Goff coming off of a good season, a surprising season there at the helm for the Lions. A lot of people, I thought, were way too high on the Lions last season. But Jared Goff himself lived up to some of that hype that nobody believed he was going to be able to replicate when he headed to Detroit from Los Angeles. And so I understand why they're giving Jared Goff respect, but it's just still strange to see, isn't it? Like, it's strange it to see Jared Goff ahead of Lamar Jackson, even if I can give reasons for it. Yeah, he was jettisoned from L.A. after helping the Rams get to a Super Bowl. You know, he got that big contract, and a lot of people out in L.A. will say, you know, it kind of went to his head, and he wasn't as dedicated as he was prior to the big contract and helping the Rams get to the Super Bowl, which they eventually lost, obviously. But then, so he he gets traded for Stafford. The Rams go on and win the Super Bowl. Goff is a cast-off to Detroit, and you look at last year, and I'm not a big numbers guy. I'm more of an eyeball guy, right? You just What you see tells everything. But if you like numbers, Jared Goff threw for more yards than Josh Allen last year. There mm-hmm. were only five quarterbacks that threw for more yards than Goff did, in part because the Lions can't run the football. But he chucked it all over the field. His touchdown to INT ratio was also better than Josh Allen's. 29 to 7, Allen 35 touchdowns, 14 INTs. So, you look at the, at the name Jared Goff and you go, wait, what in the hell is he doing in the top 10? But then you go back and turn the tape on and he had a very, very solid season. And if you're a number geek, man, and you love to, cra- to just to crack out analytics, guess what? More yards passing than every quarterback in the league except for five, 29 touchdowns, seven INTs, high completion percentage. The guy had a solid year last year. A solid year. You made a great case. Are you taking Jared Goff over Josh Allen? Hell no. Exactly. Are you taking Jared Goff over Justin Herbert? Absolutely not. But I'm just explaining how, from his peers' perspective, they had to play against him. Mm -hmm. And he actually had a solid year last year. But no, to answer your question, I'm not. There's no way I am. But there's a stigma surrounding his name as a cast-off. 
And the dude actually really played solid football last year. Here's the things I like about this list. I mean, really at the top of this list, certainly the top five, I feel like, frankly, we would all have those names in our top five, maybe not in this particular order, Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, but those are typically the top five names that come up and the top five names for the guys, apparently, who are actually playing in the league. I like that Kirk Cousins is number six because Kirk Cousins doesn't get enough respect, man. But ahead of Aaron Rodgers, Amber? Ahead of AR? Ahead of Aaron Rodgers, this this has to frustrate the heck out of Aaron Rodgers. He's seventh on this list. Seventh, a three-time MVP is seventh on this list. Four-time. And, well, four of you include the Super Bowl, right? right. A three-time MV- NFL MVP, yeah. a four-time MVP overall. He's 51 overall in terms of players in the league. And you are only a year removed from a back-to-back MVP. That has to anger Aaron Rodgers so much. I don't know if he needs another chip on his shoulder because he already wants to stick it to Green Bay and he already wants to do well, obviously, in a new market, in a new city, in the number one market in the country. But if he did need any more motivation, maybe this is it. I do like that they're giving the respect, though, to Kirk Cousins. He comes in just ahead of Aaron Rodgers on this list. After watching the show Quarterback on Netflix, I love Kirk Cousins. I'm rooting for Kirk Cousins now. It did it for me. I'm one of those. He's I'm a all good in. dude, but he doesn't belong ahead of AR. And, and <laughs> remember what I, what I just said about players will file certain things away? Yeah. You know the guy wearing eight in green in Jersey right now has filed that one away. Uh, going, wait, I'm, I'm ranked by my peers behind Kirk Cousins and five others? Okay. Yeah, all right. okay. I'll show you. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. Uh, we are relaxed here. Dak Prescott is on the list. He's top 10. That's the other name that we haven't mentioned thus far. He comes in at number eight, 56 overall. I don't have a huge issue with that, but there you go. You still get Dak. You still get a nod of respect across the entire NFL for Dak Prescott. So there's how the NFL players see their top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Coming up next, we're going to see... The four huge names that are still holding out, which one is most important for their team? We'll dive into that next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 
30 days, only 30 days in, and our long national nightmare of no NFL is over. 30 days away from the kickoff of NFL season. None of us can wait, wait except for there are some players that are waiting just fine uh, because they're holding out. They're not showing up to training camp. They're still trying to get their long-term deals in place. Most notably, Nick Bosa, Zach Martin, Jonathan Taylor, and Chris Jones. Those are the biggest names still right now holding out for their teams. Out of those four names I just gave you, Ian, which one do you think is the most impactful if a deal can't get done? Which one affects this team the most? I'm going to go 1A, 1B. Because I think they're 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 in step and it's a photo finish uh, between these two, and that's Zach Martin and Nick Bosa, starting guard for the Dallas Cowboys and a six-time, you know, not not just you know All Pro but All World. I mean, he's played eight Pro Bowls, but a six-time First Team All Pro. I mean, he he is as he's probably arguably the best at his position in the game, and he's making a, about six million dollars less than. You know, Quentin Nelson with the Colts, just to give an example of a guard making more money than Zach Martin. And look, Hugh is one of the best also at his trade. But one of the first things I did, Amber, when Jason Witten retired, being based in Dallas, Texas, when I walked into the Cowboys locker room, I wanted to see who got that Jason Witten stall, that Jason Witten locker, which is right next to where everybody's got to go into the shower area and whatnot, which is all, you know, blocked off away from the media. And that is like the premium locker. That was Jason Witten's spot. Zach Martin was the one that Witten said, this is yours now. And he's a team captain. So it's not just about not having one of the best at his craft in the entire sport there with your camp. It's the leadership. He's a captain. And when I, and he holds guys accountable, and he's not there right now. So that is 1A for me, 1B, Nick Bosa. You can't. You, you can't replicate what that man does. He's a, he's a wrecking machine. But the good thing about both these guys is that you know they're grinding at home right now, waiting on a deal to get done. I mean, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the, the Bosa workout where I think it was NFL Network like two, two years ago, went with Joey and Nick and his dad, and it was unbelievable what these guys do in the offseason. So both these guys are going to be ready to go once a deal does get done, and I expect something to get done in Zach Martin – being, you know, his contract being redone and Bosa getting that long-term deal. But these two guys, to me, are invaluable to both of their franchises. And I think it's 1A, 1B, Zach Martin, Nick Bosa, as far as the holdouts right now when it comes to big names in the NFL training camps. I think there's a couple different ways to look at this. In terms of production, I could make a really strong argument that Jonathan Taylor is the most important of these holdouts, just in terms of what they might need there in Indianapolis, especially if you're trying to develop a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson. But the Colts aren't going to be competing for a Super Bowl, right? Like nobody has those expectations for the Colts. So at the end of the day, what does it really matter? Even if I can make an argument that he is the most impactful player out of these four. So I'm with you. I tend to look at the two teams – out of these four, the Chiefs feel just fine to me. So I look at these other two teams that I feel like could be impacted so greatly by these guys that are holding out. Nick Bosa, I mean, a wrecking ball, like you said, a player who's on the fifth year of a rookie contract. I think he's going to end up getting something done here. I think this is going to be a holdout that ends up being successful. The team can waive the fines. He's being fined right now about $50,000 per day that he misses a training camp. But because he's in that fifth year of the rookie deal, the team can work with him if they're able to get an extension in place and they could go ahead and waive those fines. I feel like that's going 
going to happen. I know they're being coy there. I know Kyle Shanahan had said, you know, I'm not involved in front office decisions, but that's a holdout that I could see being smoothed out before the start of the regular season. One that frankly needs to in order for the success of that defense. However, with Zach Martin, I think it's a little bit of a different story, even though I think he's of the utmost importance to his team as well. And I understand why he's doing this. Like you said, underpaid by 2023 standards. I think he's being paid right now, like the eighth highest at his yeah, 14 position. Million, I think Quentin Nelson's getting just north of 20. Right. And however, you have to consider the fact, and this one, this one gives me more pause. If I'm the front office there in Dallas, I actually don't think Jerry's as crazy as a lot of people do in terms of not just necessarily throwing the bag here at Zach Martin, because as excellent as he is, Jerry did make him the highest paid player in the entire NFL at his position when he signed his deal. He did do that. I mean, he paid him what he was worth in 2018. This was not an owner or a general manager who was trying to underpay or undercut Zach Martin in any way. He was the highest paid at his position in the entire league. The problem is times have changed. And this is what always ends up happening, right? The times change. And he's been performing during that time because he signed that deal back in 2018. He's still got multiple years left on that contract, though. And I understand that if you're the Cowboys front office and if you're Jerry Jones, as great as he is and as important to the success of the team as he is, I could see why they're dug in a bit here because I don't know. Also, I mean, if Zach Martin wants to again become the highest paid at his position, and certainly he's got an argument for it in terms of production, the pause from the front office would be. You can't just sign deals and then they don't mean anything a few years later because you're still producing when we just gave you the bag and made you the highest paid at that position. And then it's like, what's even the point of negotiating any of this, right? Because now all of these players are going to hold their our, our feet to the fire when they go ahead and produce. And yet we all negotiated this deal Back in 2018, I made you the highest paid. You've still got multiple years left. It's not like he's coming into the final year of the deal. He's got multiple years left on that deal, and you're a holdout with multiple years left. I could see that being more complicated from a front office perspective than some of these other situations we're talking about. To your point, yeah, he's got two years left on that contract he signed back in 18, which did make him the highest paid player, but he's outperformed it. And we see this every single year where a guy signed a contract three, four years ago, you know, there, there's multiple players making a lot more money at his position that may not be as good as he is or at the same level that he is, and he wants to get exactly what they're making. So what do they do? They hold out for more money. That's exactly what Zach Martin's doing, and we see it every single year. But Jerry now is negotiating this, this contract in the media, and Jerry's very good at this, but Jerry also caves a lot for guys that he really loves, and he loves Zach Martin. Remember the, Ze- the Zeke deal, you know, where Zeke, after year three, trying to get that big contract a year ahead of schedule, held out, went to, I think, like Cabo or Costa Rica or whatever, was training on a beach, and Jerry threw him a truckload of money. And Zeke really wasn't the same player then as he was his first two years. But but you know what? Jerry paid him anyway. So Jerry right now is saying it's become very – it's fiscally costly for everyone involved, especially Zach. Zach Martin has lost $600,000 so far holding out in camp, which is money he can't get back now. It used to be mm-hmm. – under the old collective bargaining agreement where, like, remember Marshawn Lynch, Amber, when he was holding out with the Seattle Seahawks and he had close to a million dollars in fines for missing training camp practices and they made him do, like, a layup, you know, and, he, and it was all wiped away. Can't do that anymore. So Jerry's negotiating in the media, and it may not end well. But I think at some point, this is going to get done. Some way, somehow, Zach may not get as much, 
but they're going to figure out a way to get him out there. The other player we didn't even mention was Chris Jones, the final year of his deal. So all of these guys are coming into the final year of their deal, except for, again, that holdout in Dallas. That's what separates it for me in terms of the situation. All four guys, though, are needed by their teams. I mean, that is inarguable. Coming up next, Justin Herbert got a new contract and a new OC, but will he finally have playoff success? ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. This is ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Well, you heard it there. And for me, this season for the Chargers, it comes down to Kellen Moore and what that new look offense looks like there in Los Angeles. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. It might look a lot better. It needs to look better in the postseason. Really, that's what it comes down to. Well, I, I agree and disagree at the same time because as Kellen Moore is going to be a big addition, and I think he's a brilliant football mind. I mean, look, he, he was a play caller for a team that won 12 games in the regular season in back-to-back years, but if Mike McCarthy doesn't move deep into the playoffs this year, it's on him. So I, I, I respect what Mike McCarthy did. You know, he's going down with his ship the way he wants to go, and he's going to call plays. So I, I understand why he took over play calling duties as the head coach in Dallas, going back to something he did for years in Green Bay. So Kellen Moore is available. He wasn't even on, on the street for 24 hours. And Tom Telesco, an outstanding general manager for the Chargers, one of the best evaluators of talent, in my opinion, in the entire league, you know, he and Brandon Staley got together, and within 24 hours, Kellen Moore had a new gig out in L.A. But to me, the biggest thing is, is Brandon Staley. Is he going to continue to go with the analytics and a chart instead of a feel for the game? And I'll go back to that one particular play in you know, it was the final game of the season, playoff berth on the line between the Raiders and the Chargers. Winner is in, loser goes home. Fourth and one on your minus 18, your own 18-yard line. And he takes the ball out of Herbert's hands, going for it, hands it off, gets stuffed, and that's church. Ball game. That's just one instance of many where the analytics say, go for it. But there's also a feel to the game. You don't always have to be married to that damn chart. Get a feel for momentum. Sometimes it's good to go ahead and punt and play defense. And so is he, is he going to get away from, you know, just looking at, all right, well, it says here, let's go for it on fourth and inches from my own four. 
right? Or are you actually going to have a feel for the game and help your team and put them in positions to, you know, just have hope, survive in advance? You know, I mean, extend the game every now and then is not a bad thing. So to your point about Kellen Moore, I agree. But to me, it's even more so not on Justin Herbert, not on the defense. It's staying healthy. That's something they haven't been able to do with Rayshon Slater mm-hmm. or Derwin James, who never had injury issues at Northwestern and Florida State, respectively. Sorry to cite those two guys, but those are two first-round picks that have had some injury issues. But to me, it's also on the head coach. Have a feel for the game. Don't be married to that analytic chart. Mike Williams was injured in that Jags game last season that ended up being the third largest collapse in NFL history at the end of the season for the Chargers. There have been some very embarrassing moments for this Chargers team and frankly for this head coach and Brandon Staley. You sound old when you're bulking against the analytics, right? I mean, I understand what you're doing uh, there. You're you like the eye test guy. There's a feel for the game like, that you have a to feel. have as a head it's, coach. it's a feeling inside. Ignore all the yes. numbers that suggest otherwise and all the mathematics and analytics. I'm with you, but I'm with you because I hate math, and so that's why I don't like <laughs> analytics. That's so the only I reason. can't add two plus two, right? Amber. But th- that chart I'm not you smart have... enough for analytics, so screw you, you, you analytics. You can't measure momentum that's not on that <laughs> chart, and that's a real thing in a game. Well, so here's the problem with living and dying by the analytics, right? Is when it works, then people tell you you're brilliant and it's money ball and all the things. And when it doesn't work, then people tell you that you don't have the feel for the game and that you're not making the right decision. If you're Brandon Staley, you have to know, right? You have to know that you're being judged now in those riskier scenarios. And even if the numbers are telling you to go for it on fourth down because it makes the most sense, if you're Brandon Staley, you have to take a moment and think that one through extra hard this season because, frankly, I think your seat couldn't be hotter. Now, the reason I think Kellen Moore, though, is the interesting component here is because they are doing something different, right? Brandon Staley's doing something different, and it's another, a newer voice in the building here to also help Brandon Staley, I think, through some of those decisions where at the end of the day, the onus is going to fall on the head coach. But if Kellen Moore has the feel for the momentum, if Kellen Moore can bring a slightly different perspective, or even if he agrees with Staley, hey, you're right, this is when we should go for it. This is what we should do. This might feel like the more non-traditional call, but I, I agree with you. I'm with you with what the numbers show. I think that it'll give that extra boost of confidence that it's not just Staley's voice in the building here there's also a lot of respect for another guy another OC coming in from the outside who like you said had a lot of respect when he was in Dallas so I think it's an interesting situation of course if Kellen Moore does well a lot of people say oh well Kellen Moore he could be the coach in waiting there in Los Angeles and theoretically yes but if Kellen Moore does so well then it means Brandon Staley's gonna look better because Brandon Staley's also by default going to do so well so it's going to kind of lift everybody up I'm interested to see just overall what this team looks like they didn't really make any off-season moves to speak of I mean it's basically the same roster that they're running back again and I don't know what else Justin Herbert could do you want to see more obviously in the right side of the win-loss column you want to see more in the right side of the win-loss column in terms of the postseason but in individual stats there ain't much more Justin Herbert could do for this team he is that dude I I know sometimes it's fun to hate on him I think now we're like at that place where he's that quarterback that people discount because it hasn't necessarily translated in terms of winning in the postseason but we talked about it earlier when we talked about Justin Herbert he couldn't have been better his last few years in the league setting all sorts of historical records 
it should be something that ends up working out in the postseason. The problem is they are competing against Patrick Mahomes and against Kansas City multiple times, right? I mean, getting a wild card berth where they're sitting in the AFC ain't going to be easy, even if they end up being very good this season. I totally agree with you. And and as far as additions go, I think, as I mentioned, I think Tom Teleska, their general manager, is one of the, if not the best evaluator of talent in the NFL. He's a Bill Polling disciple, having spent years with him in Indianapolis and and building championship-type rosters, including a Super Bowl, obviously, with Peyton Manning. But you look at their draft. I mean, they get an edge rusher out of USC, an underrated player in Tui Tui Peloto. They got Herbert Moore help on the the outside with TCU's burner and a big, big physical wide receiver in Quentin Johnston. Also a burner from TCU, who's an outstanding return man. I remember talking to Telesco when I was doing XFL games, and we were talking about return guys that I've seen in the XFL, and I was not surprised one bit where in the fourth round, he drafted TCU's burner as a punt returner, kick returner in uh, in, uh, Darius Davis. This man hit a 22 miles per hour on his GPS at TCU's practices. Let that sink in. You know how fast that is for a college player? Hitting 22 miles per hour? I mean, that's, that's flying. So he's not that big of a guy, but he is a home run threat to return it at any time. So those are three guys they added in the draft that I think are going to have an immediate impact for L.A. And, and their push to try and at least make a wild card and survive in advance as they did not do last year in the playoffs. Yeah, it gives them another weapon there. It gives Justin Herbert, like you said, another weapon, another aspect to that offense. In terms of free agents, the only real signing that they made was linebacker Eric Kendricks. He signed a one-year deal after being released from the Vikings. So other than those draftees, you're talking about a roster that largely looks the same. And it has some problems. They don't have any depth there at cornerback. I mean, there are some deficiencies here for this Chargers team, but a lot of people really high on this Chargers team as we headed into last season. From a roster perspective, you could feel pretty Pretty good if you're a Chargers fan, but off of the disappointment of how last postseason, how they ended the season, that jack that collapse against the Jags, I think that you're concerned about the top, the top being Brandon Staley and how this whole thing's going to run. But maybe Kellen Moore is the answer there offensively. Coming up next here on ESPNU, ESPN2, and on ESPN Radio, Stanford and Cal in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the Pacific. Uh, that's next. This is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
Geography be damned, Ian Fitzsimmons, right? It is the Atlantic Coast Conference, which I believe connotes the Atlantic Ocean. However, apparently, ACC leaders are set to begin to explore the idea of adding Cal and Stanford to schools on the Pacific Ocean to the ACC. This is where we're at with conference realignment. Geography means absolutely nothing, Ian. Absolutely nothing. And it's funny, it's ironic, because you were just complimenting the ACC and the SEC yesterday for their names still making sense. Yeah, we've got 48 teams in the Big 10, 72 in the Big 12, right? And (laughs) here we had two teams or two conferences that were actually appropriately branded, and that is the Southeastern Conference and the Atlantic Coast Conference. And now, less than 24 hours later, Ah, the ACC just sitting there going, you know what? We don't want to be just the Atlantic Coast Conference. We want to be the the APCC, right? The Atlantic right. Pacific Coast Conference. And I'm done trying to figure this stuff out, man. It's giving me a headache. I feel like I'm getting an ulcer with so many traditional rivalries potentially going bye-bye. We'll hear from Nick Saban on that thing coming up in a second. But, you know, Amber, are we surprised that all of a sudden now the ACC is looking at Stanford, who has proven – not long ago, that they can be a college football power. Now, yep. David Shaw was ground and pound, and it was all about interior defensive line, linebacking play, front seven, you know, just unbelievable bulldozers up front as offensive linemen. And then, you know, solid quarterback play with guys like Andrew Luck, you know, and Davis Mills. And now it's just not there. And you always had a great running back also. But now it, it, that they got away from or, or, or the game passed it by, I don't know how you describe what happened with Stanford going from Harbaugh to Shaw with so many years of sustained success. In the last three, four years, it really just fell off a cliff. So, And Justin Wilcox has got Cal going in the right direction. But is it a, is it a fit? No. But is this the world we're living in now where you're trying to gobble up as much as you possibly can just to stay in this arms race that is now college football? I guess – yeah, but get, again, good luck. They'll have to try and figure out travel if this is going to happen. But from a regional standpoint and traditional rivalries, it just doesn't make sense. But I'll tell you this, Amber, those two schools are joined at the hip. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to separate them. They're, they are going somewhere together, whether it's merging with the Mountain West or possibly going to the ACC. Well, that's why, right, of course, that they're considering both of these schools together. It's not something that makes sense from a geography perspective. It's not even really something that makes sense from a football powerhouse perspective, although there's a little bit of a brand there around Stanford. But why does this make sense? Well, Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Insider, was on the 6 p.m. Sports Center. He discussed why Cal and Stanford may be to the ACC. Nothing gets college presidents more excited than an affiliation with two of the most elite academic institutions in the country. Obviously, Cal, one of the premier public institutions. Stanford, obviously, one of the elite private institutions. Stanford, top to bottom, I don't think anyone would argue, has the best athletic department in the entire country. Second reason, they are distressed assets with nowhere to go right now. So I think picking up the phone and doing some vetting and exploratory talks, and sources have cautioned me, these are early talks. They are formal talks because people are getting on the phone, but they are early they don't see a lot of uh, a lot of drawback into at least having the chat and running out the ground ball, if you will, to see where they are. I think Pete Thamel just hit that nail on the head there, Ian, where you have to consider who's making these decisions. You and I talked about it at length yesterday. Who's making these decisions are university presidents and chancellors. And who cares about 
academics. Who cares about brands surrounding academics? It is university presidents and chancellors, right? So they like the idea of that affiliation from that perspective. But I also wonder if there's a conversation to be had here, and maybe a little bit of a difficult one because you and I are on ESPN. But this ACC contract runs through 2036 with ESPN. It's the thing that has become problematic because although at the time the length of that deal provided security to the ACC, now it looks like a terrible deal because of the direction that the market has gone in terms of media rights. And so I wonder if you're bringing in more schools, are you doing it to try to strengthen the ACC to appease the Florida States and the Clemsons of the world? Are you doing it as a means for renegotiation with ESPN? Because is there a reason for ESPN to renegotiate this deal that ends up being a benefit to ESPN and looking like a bad deal for the ACC? How do you go about doing that? Is there a means to do that? And could you strengthen the entire conference with more schools if, in fact, you're going to try to sue to get out of this deal? Something that could have exorbitant costs in terms of litigation and also take many years. There's a lot to consider with the ACC. So I think that they're sort of considering all of their options and trying to decide what would help strengthen their position so they don't end up like the Pac-12. I feel like right now it's just don't be the Pac-12. Those are all valid points, Amber, and and I don't have an answer for any one of them uh, because there's also a ton of questions. But remember this, the Big Ten was having exploratory conversations with Oregon and Washington. 48 hours later, Oregon and Washington were in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it can happen very, very quickly. And, and I, I, can't, I can't emphasize this enough. I mean, we've seen Stanford have success on the gridiron. We've seen Cal with Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn Lynch. They've had success, you know, on the football field. Is, is it a fit? Hell, man. I mean, geography, to your point, is, is, is gone. It, it doesn't exist anymore except in the SEC. And I, I, I mentioned this on when we were together on Friday, and I'll say it again. Greg Sankey, commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, about six months ago, when all of this was starting to really come to a head, and we were hearing, you know, the Big Ten possibly in discussions with Oregon and Washington and is the Big 12, when, when Brett Yormark was very vocal about trying to go west and get in that, in that west coast, that Pacific time zone, Sankey told me the furthest trip he has to make to go from one game to another is from Columbia, South Carolina, to College Station, Texas. Gamecocks to Aggies. That's the furthest trip he has to make. That is closer than the closest (laughs) trip that USC and UCLA have to make. That is closer than the closest trip. I mean, his furthest is closer. I mean, geography does not matter anymore. And that's why I like what Nick Saban, head coach at Alabama, said yesterday when he had his presser, Amber, when it comes to regional rivalries and a feel for your for that particular part of the country that you have a lot of pride in, those are starting to go bye-bye. Was that a toss to sound? That was a toss to Nick Saban. Yeah, I think I think Ian okay, was trying to toss, do it again. toss to again. Nick Saban. So let's try this again. <laughs> There's a lot of traditions that we've had for a long time in college football, and uh, I think we're in a time of – evolution for whatever reasons and some of those traditions are going to get sort of pushed by the wayside I think and that's sad whether it's good bad or indifferent for college football I guess you have to define what is good bad what is good and bad for college football I mean listen traditions it's sad for all of us who care a lot about college football but the thing is with traditions is new traditions can be formed the reality is 
life is good in the South, Ian, right? I mean, that's just the reality for Sankey and for the SEC because he benefits from running a conference that has a bunch of football powerhouses in it. So it's easy for him in, in that regard where you're not talking about realignment affecting geographically the SEC in the same way. Coming up next, we go back to the NFL. Micah Parsons, is he the most impactful non-quarterback in the entire NFL? This is ESPN Radio. More next.